Greetings, everyone. Thanks again for joining us for another story about the Peters children. This week's story, Pearson's Pigsty, is a story of a bedroom that is one huge mess and how living in a sloppy manner lends itself to forgetfulness and to neglect. As you listen, make sure to keep your ears perked for a hymn or a line from a hymn. If you hear it, email your answer to whimsywins at gmail.com. And if yours is the first correct answer we receive, we will send you a prize. This week, sisters Eliana, and I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, and Jenna from Little Rock, Arkansas, were the first to send in the correct answer of Rock of Ages from the story Pearson Peters Breaks a Bone. So hooray! We also received correct answers from Madeline of Concord, California, Isaac of Concord, California, Emmy of Concord, California, and sisters Kaylee and Kinsey from Bird in Hand, Pennsylvania. The writer of these stories also asked me to remind you to make sure to listen to the hymn on YouTube or over the internet. The hymns that are chosen are rich in doctrine and adoration of God. And while many of them are hundreds of years old, they're still relevant for today. It's time to listen to this week's story, Pearson's Pigsty. It had been almost a month since Christmas, and Pearson's wrist, which he had broken the day after Christmas, was healing quite nicely. The gifts and toys that he and Penelope had gotten for Christmas still hadn't lost their luster. After arriving home from school and doing their homework and eating dinner, they would sit and play with their toys. They loved thinking of new scenarios involving their toys, and there was no end to their imagination for making up stories. Pearson often pretended his little action figures were in the middle of a huge war. They would shoot at each other with noises that Pearson made with his mouth. Pew! 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 No matter how much the bad guys advanced, Pearson always had the good guys winning the war. Penelope sometimes joined Pearson for these war games with the action figures. She wasn't too fond of the games, but she was very fond of Pearson. So if it meant having to pretend to be some rough-and-tough soldier, she would do just that. Pearson, on the other hand, never played Penelope's game with her dolls. He said they were too girly. And every now and then when he sat down to try to play dolls with Penelope, his characters would always end up devolving into tough guy soldiers who would hold Penelope's dolls hostage. Penelope wasn't crazy about his indelicate approach to dolls, so she usually just gave up on trying to get Pearson to play with her. On Sunday evening, just after dinner, Pearson and Penelope were immersed yet again in one of Pearson's war games. Mama Peters was upstairs getting Patience and Priscilla ready for bed, and Daddy Peters was on the couch, reading a book. Pearson and Penelope were sprawled on the floor, interacting in one of Pearson's battles. Go, go, go! Advance, men! Hit hard and fast! We can't afford to lose anyone in this battle! Pearson shouted orders as one of his big-muscled commandos. Pow! 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 Penelope gave a half-hearted effort at responding as Pearson's enemy, pointing the gun at one of her soldiers. Pen! It's not like that! You have to try to advance, too. You can't just sit there and shoot. I wasn't. I don't know what to do, Pearson. I don't know why I always have to be the bad guy. Oh, good grief. You're not always the bad guy, Penelope. You gotta act like you're commanding your army, too. Don't just shoot all the time. Okay, Penelope sighed. <sighs> but she wasn't overly interested in the direction of the game. Pearson resumed calling out commands, and Penelope continued in her less-than-energetic responses. 
It continued that way for the next five minutes before Pearson began to lose his patience. Penelope! Please, please, play right! Pearson beseeched his sister in a way that was not very sweet. I'm trying! I don't really like this game! Penelope responded defensively. Daddy Peters looked up from his book. What is going on, you two? Pearson launched into his version of what was happening with Penelope and him. He gave a recitation of all that Penelope had done wrong in his eyes. Like how she wasn't being a good commander and taking care of her troops, and all she wanted to do was shoot, and, and, and of course his account didn't include anything that he had done wrong. Daddy Peters, we were just having a good time when I realized Penelope wasn't trying at all. She was playing in a way that was complaining. So I just asked her politely to play kindly and to give a little bit more effort. Daddy Peters raised his eyebrows, slightly unconvinced that this was the full story. That just isn't true, Daddy Peters. Penelope sounded as though she was about to cry. Pearson always wants me to play like a boy, but I'm not a boy. I don't know what he always wants me to do. And anyway, I don't like this game. Well, Nellie, here's the thing. You don't have to play the game. Nobody is forcing you. But I appreciate how you volunteered to play with Pearson. If you're going to volunteer to play, don't you think you should play in a way that is thoughtful and pleasing to others? Daddy Peter spoke so gently that Penelope didn't feel defensive any longer, but could suddenly see how she wasn't really trying, and maybe how that was frustrating for Pearson. Pierce, I'm sorry for not trying too hard. Penelope remarked sweetly and humbly. Would you forgive me? Pearson nodded. I forgive you. Daddy Peters turned to Pearson. What about you, Piers? Do you think you were kind and gentle in reminding Penelope, or could it be that your tone was impatient and harsh? After that gentle reminder from Daddy Peters, and Penelope's humble apology, Pearson felt a little chagrined and ashamed of his version of the story. I guess I was pretty rude. I'm sorry, Pen. Thanks for playing with me. I know it's not your favorite game. Please forgive me for being rude. Pearson gave Penelope a hug. Penelope was always pleased to hug Pearson and to enjoy him. He was her big brother, and she admired him greatly. She always felt so privileged to have such a great big brother. And within a moment or two, the two were laughing and playing again on the floor, and Daddy Peters was back to reading his book on the couch. That Mama Peters walked downstairs a moment later went unnoticed by the whole family. She slipped in and quietly walked over to Pearson and Penelope. It's time to clean up and take baths. Also, get your backpacks out and your lunch is prepared for school tomorrow. Oh, man, Pearson was quick to complain. Why do we have to go to school? Pearson, you know that school is good for you to learn and interact with others. Plus, you enjoy school for the most part. And God wants us to learn to work and enjoy our work. Life isn't all about playtime. Mama Peters was well-versed in this mini-lecture, since she had to give it often, at least every Sunday night. Okay, Mama Peters. Pearson reluctantly began throwing his toys into the bin. Penelope handled the toys more gently and began to organize them according to size and color. Pearson wasted no time with organizing and quickly finished the haphazard cleanup and walked into the kitchen to make his lunch. Penelope followed in a short time. Pearson began to spread the peanut butter and jelly on bread. It was his job to make the sandwiches. Penelope started slicing the bell peppers and putting them into baggies. In a short while, they had their sandwiches, bell peppers, bananas, Granola bars and yogurts all packed away in their respective lunch sacks, which were now chilling in the fridge. Mama Peter sauntered back into the kitchen, and glancing at the table, 
She called Pearson and Penelope back downstairs. Who left the lids off the peanut butter and jelly? And the butter knife is just lying on the table, smeared in peanut butter. There are crumbs everywhere, and you didn't put the bread away. Pearson and Penelope, this is a mess. It does no good to make your own lunches, but to leave me with a massive mess. That is so inconsiderate and selfish. This was another talk Mama Peters gave often, and one in which she was well rehearsed. Pearson and Penelope were not particularly adept at cleaning up after themselves. Mama Peters, that's Pearson's job. I put away all the stuff I was supposed to. Penelope felt upset that she was being blamed for Pearson's laziness. Pearson, is that true? Well, making the sandwiches is way harder than cutting bell peppers. Pearson defended himself. Pearson, that's not the point. Is this your mess or not? Mama Peters was trying to be patient despite her exhaustion. Patience and Priscilla had not begun to sleep through the night yet, and the two months of nightly feedings and burping and changing diapers were beginning to wear Mama Peters out. It was hard enough to help twin babies without having to spend time walking Pearson and Penelope through their petty disagreements. Yes, Mama Peters, it is my mess, Pearson admitted, sensing that Mama Peters was doing all she could to keep from becoming angry. Well, then I think you know what to do, Pearson. Penelope, you hit the showers while Pearson finished his cleaning up. With that, Pearson began to slowly clean up the mess. Cleaning up peanut butter is kind of a chore because it's so thick and sticky, and he was not all that thrilled to be doing this kind of work. But when he was nearly finished, his thoughts were interrupted by a yell from upstairs. Pearson Matthew Peters! If there's anything that gets kids' attention, it's when their parents call them by their entire name, including their middle name. Mama Peters rarely used Pearson's middle name, so he knew he had done something wrong when she yelled for him like that. He sprinted upstairs, followed by Daddy Peters, who was curious about all the commotion. There was Mama Peters, standing in Pearson's room with her arms spread out, as she pointed at the enormous mess of toys and clothes and games. What is this mess all about? The patience that Mama Peters had been trying to maintain earlier was definitely getting thin. Well, well, Pearson stammered. We, we got so much after, we got so much for Christmas. I don't know what to do with it all. But Mama Peters wasn't buying Pearson's weak explanation. So you threw it on the floor? By this time, Mama's eyes were as big as saucers. Daddy Peters walked over, placed his arm lovingly around Mama's shoulders, and said quietly, Mama Peters, I want you to go lie down. I'm going to hang out with Pearson and find out just why he thinks it's acceptable to live in a pigsty. Mama Peters walked out of the room, relieved by Daddy Peters' sweet command to take a load up. She was definitely feeling short on rest and patience. Daddy Peters turned his attention to Pearson and strongly admonished him. Pearson, I know you have a broken collarbone, and we're thankful that it's healing well. But there is no excuse for this room, and your right arm is perfectly functional, so you best get this room cleaned. If you have too many toys, by all means we can give them away. But you have 15 minutes to get this room looking spotless. It is totally unacceptable to live like this. And with that, Daddy Peters walked out of the room, leaving Pearson feeling a bit overwhelmed. Penelope, who had finished showering and had heard the kerfuffle, walked over to Pearson's room. Her wet hair was neatly brushed, and she looked oh so comfortable with her warm robe over her pajamas. Want me to help you, Piers? Penelope offered. She so enjoyed cleaning and organizing, 
And what's more, she adored her brother. So helping him out of a mess was something she didn't mind doing at all. That'd be great. Pearson was thankful for her help. The two of them began cleaning and clearing, although Penelope kept reminding Pearson that if he were to organize his stuff and not just pile all of it into one giant bin, it would be a whole lot easier to find things. Pearson took her suggestion well, but didn't particularly care if his soldiers were mixed in with his building blocks and his model planes. It made no difference to him, so he just kept throwing all of it together into the bin. Plus, he was in a hurry. Daddy Peters had only given him 15 minutes to clean up. When finally the room was cleaned, Pearson walked into the bathroom and took a shower. But while he was getting changed for bed, he suddenly remembered that Mr. Chan had told him to practice for an hour on their instruments this week. He hadn't played the recorder at all. He had plumb forgotten. It was hard enough going back to school after a wonderful break over Christmas and New Year's, but it was even harder to remember to actually do the work required. And then he remembered something else. He'd forgotten to do his math worksheet that Mr. Richardson had sent home on Friday. Oh, man, he'd better get going. After prayers and hugs and saying good night, Daddy Peters put the children to bed. Only Pearson was determined to complete his work. He started first on his math worksheet, scribbling as fast as he could and calculating all he could calculate in his head. He wrote answers to every single problem. Unfortunately, it had taken a bit longer than he wanted to spend and when he glanced over at his Yoda clock on the dresser, he was surprised to see that it was 8.30, and and he was supposed to be in bed by 7.45. Oh, no! How was he ever going to practice a whole hour on the recorder? But he knew he had to. Mr. Chan was a tough teacher, and expected his students to do all of their homework. And he had witnessed how embarrassing it was when a classmate was called into play, and they clearly hadn't practiced like that time when Todd Hicks hadn't practiced at all, and Mr. Chan had asked him to play the notes in hot cross buns. But Todd Hicks was a little different. It didn't seem to embarrass him at all. Pearson was more embarrassed for him than Todd was about the way he played the song. He had squeaked through his own strange version, and it was really terrible. To his credit, Mr. Chan had patiently sat through the entire set. Todd, if you had practiced, you would not have squeaked on several of those notes. And apparently you didn't hear me ask you to play hot cross buns because you played jingle bells instead. The whole class had burst out laughing. (laughs) It didn't seem to affect Todd at all because he gave a huge bow as though he had just gotten done playing a masterpiece. Pearson remembered laughing and kind of admiring Todd's cool attitude. But if that had been Pearson, he would have turned beet red and might have even started crying. As it was, Though he laughed at Todd, he felt slightly chagrined for him. Anyway, none of that mattered now. Pearson was bound and determined to get his practice in. He did not want Mr. Chan being upset with him. So, at 8.35, Pearson pulled his blanket over his head and began practicing the recorder as quietly as he could. It wasn't long, though, before the squeaks brought Mama Peters into the room. Pearson, what are you doing? I'm playing my recorder, Mama, Pearson replied, as though this were a perfectly normal thing to be doing under one's blanket at almost nine o'clock at night. Why are you playing your recorder? Mama Peters maintained a forced calm. Oh, because I was supposed to practice this week for an hour, but I didn't have the time. You didn't have time? 
Pearson, what about all the time you spend playing? This makes no sense. I forgot about the recorder while I was playing, Mama. Okay, but how about when you were watching a movie yesterday? Pearson Matthew. Uh-oh. This was the second time in one day that Mama Peters had used his middle name. I'm sorry, Mama, but I have to do this. Pearson was desperate. Here's the deal, Pearson. You need to get up early in the morning and do it. And while we're at it, what is that paper you've got on the floor? It looks important. That's my math. I forgot to do it, and I did it just now. Your math? This is ridiculous. Hand it here. I'll check it in the morning. Give me your backpack, and I'll find your binder so it can go in there. Pearson, we're going to have to talk about this. I know, Mama Peters, but can you just let me have my backpack and I'll... I'll, I'll... Mama Peters began rifling through Pearson's backpack, and it became obvious why he didn't want Mama Peters looking in his backpack. Oh! What on earth? Mama Peters held up a baggie of reddish mush. Oops! That's my bell pepper from the other day, Pearson said sheepishly. That is disgusting, Pearson. Why do you have all kinds of loose papers thrown in your bag? I don't know. Oh, Piers, this is so upsetting. Mama Peters began to pull out all of Pearson's books and binders and pencils and erasers and odds and ends like fidget spinners and lollipop sticks and peeled stickers and an old tattoo and one of Pearson's soldiers whose leg had gone missing. Pearson, you and I are going to clean out this backpack. As they cleaned out the gross contents of Pearson's backpack, Mama was singing, My life is an offering, softly yet clearly. Pearson knew that Mama Peters was trying to worship God and not be angry. He appreciated how gracious she was being, despite how upset she must have felt. After 15 minutes, the backpack was cleaned up. Mama Peters hugged and kissed Pearson, and he headed to bed. In the morning, Pearson's Yoda alarm went off at 6.35 so he could practice three-quarter. Mama Peters came in promptly and fed the twins as she sat on the bed correcting his math. There were a few problems wrong, although Pearson had actually done the majority correctly, which pleased him. When at last he was finished practicing the recorder, Mama Peters began to speak. Pearson, I want to talk to you about your life. It's pretty chaotic. Your clothes and toys and homework and mess-making are atrocious. Do you think that's pleasing to the Lord? I guess not, Mama, Pearson answered. Well, there's no guessing. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14.33 that God is not a God of disorder. That means that God has ordered the universe in a way that he always does the right thing at the right time. He made it so that everything was neat and peaceful. But when sin came into the world through Adam and Eve, it caused disorder. It caused chaos. Sin wants things to be dirty, disorganized, and difficult. We have to fight the disorder of sin and work hard to make things as orderly as possible to be good stewards of what we have as well as to save us stress and time. It is stressful to live in disorder, and it causes sin to give way to more sin. For example, when I lose my car keys, I become frantic, and I'm tempted to get angry when I'm under pressure. But if I put my keys where they go, then I'm able to reach them easily and leave on time. Remember last year, when you and Penelope left Daddy Peter's scissors outside? If we hadn't found them, then we would have to buy new scissors and waste our money because someone had been too lazy or selfish to return the scissors. Does that make sense? Pearson nodded. It sure does, Mama Peters. But I'm not like Pen. She's so neat and tidy all the time. I'm not asking you to be like Penelope, buddy. But I'm definitely asking you to prioritize. 
Work first, clean up, then play. Think of it as a routine. Work, then play. Okay, buddy? Mama Peters had that soft look of affection in her eyes, as moms often do when they look at their precious children. She reached over and put her arm around her oldest. And I'm so sorry for being easily angered last night. I was harsh and unkind. Would you forgive me, Piers? Mama Peters had a tear rolling down her cheek as she sought Pearson's forgiveness. Of course, Mama Peters. Would you forgive me for being lazy with my stuff? I'm going to pray that God helps me to get better. Pearson gave Mama Peters a big bear hug, and she hugged him back. I love you so much, Piers. Now hurry and grab a granola bar because the bus will be here soon. Pearson went to the pantry and grabbed one and tossed the wrapper on the floor as he raced to his backpack. Just kidding, Mama! Mama Peters laughed. <laughs> you got me, Piers! She responded good-naturedly. After hugs and kisses, Pearson and Penelope headed for the bus. Pearson's heart swelled with love for Mama Peters, who had shown him so much grace. He silently prayed a quick but sincere prayer. Lord, help me to be more orderly. He climbed the steps of the bus and sat down next to Penelope and his good friend Finn Wells. It was Monday, and hopefully this would be a start of a good week that would be less manic because God had convicted him to do things in a more orderly fashion. Hi there. Welcome again to Grandmom's Corner. As I listened to this week's story, I was reminded of all the times I've lost my car keys. One time, on a rainy Friday night, I exited a large store and I couldn't find my keys. I figured I'd lock them in the car, so I called a tow truck. But when the driver came and unlocked my car, my keys were nowhere to be found. I went back into the store and retraced my steps over this massive store. I even went to the front desk and asked if they'd found any keys. But there were no keys that were in the lost and found. I eventually had to call my husband. He's always gracious and kind, but I didn't want to have to have him come out on a rainy night. And besides, we only had one key to that car. Because do you know why? I'd lost the other key to the car, and now this one was missing too. When my husband came to the store, we prayed together that the Lord would help us find our keys. He suggested that we go back in the store, which we did. But right before we started to search for the keys, he suggested that I dump the contents of my purse. There's a lot of stuff in my purse, and it's pretty messy. And besides, I'd already looked in my purse, and I was convinced the keys weren't in there. But I did as my husband suggested. I dumped the entire purse and its contents out. And yup, at the bottom of my purse were my keys. I was so embarrassed because I had spent over two hours looking for those keys. Since that time, I've gotten in the habit of taking my keys out of the ignition and putting the lanyard around my neck so I know where they are and I don't have to expend time and energy looking for them. So what about you? Do you often lose things or forget to complete assignments for school because you live your life in a messy way? Do you have a room where dirty clothes are all over the floor or your bed is unkempt? What about your notebook or your locker? Do you try to keep them neat and tidy? So often when we live in messiness, we have to spend so much time looking for something. Or like Pearson, we have to scramble to meet a deadline. Do you know that the Bible says something about the way we spend our time? I'll read what Ephesians 5:15 through 16 says. Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. 
In other words, don't waste time. If you keep a sloppy room, you will most likely have to spend a whole lot of time looking for something you need. If you throw your school papers and notebook around, you'll probably forget an assignment. And instead of sleeping, you might spend time thinking about how you're going to finish your assignments. In this new year, commit to trying to live more orderly. You might start with trying to keep your room clean. A simple thing you can do to make it look neater is right after you awaken, make your bed. It only takes a few minutes, but it will make your room look more organized. Above all, remember this marvelous passage from Colossians 3.23-24 when you're tempted to live in a pigsty like Pearson did. Whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart as working for the Lord, not for men, since you know that you'll receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. In other words, the simplest thing, like cleaning your room, can be done for Jesus. The Lord willing, we'll be here next week for another story about the Peter's children. We hope you will be too. Bye for now.